every day is like Sunday, kind of. Yeah, or Saturday even, because you can stay up as late as you want. Mm-hmm. Every day is Saturday at the moment, because I'm not working. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I'm in Wichita at the moment at my friend's house in her spare room for a couple weeks, because I was going crazy all alone in Denver. Yeah. So, I'm here for now. Mm-hmm. Since there's no comedy anywhere. <laughs> yeah, it's too bad. I miss it. There's a there's one open mic on Zoom that the Groundhog Day Theater is doing though. Yeah, I saw that. I haven't been able to participate in it yet. Um, and then there's one on Tuesdays at the Back Line in Omaha that my friend does sometimes. Um, yeah. Yeah, I haven't really participated in too many online mics. I did a couple shows that were really fun. I just mm-hmm. don't feel like it, you know? Um, yeah. yeah. But how are you doing? How are you surviving? I'm uh, doing pretty well, just uh, hanging out at home mostly. Um, I have two kids, so I'm mostly watching them. Um, I've been out of work, so I normally work as, like, an after-school theater or drawing teacher, so I've been trying to get a evening job at a grocery store or something. Yeah. Yeah, they're all, they're essential. I could do it if I was, like, stocking or something. I couldn't be a cashier or actually dealing with humans. I'd get fired. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying for stocking positions, definitely. Yeah, I would <laughs> Just totally. stocking <laughs> I don't like, I don't like humans as a mass, you know, the public. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. I usually do, like, office work, like accounting, um, mm-hmm. so I don't really have to deal with too many humans, thankfully. Uh, and I'm trying to, I mean, I, I wasn't wanting a day job but I'm trying to get one now because who knows how long till I can really get back at comedy um yeah until Denver has comedy back uh in full swing able to do shows back to you know completely open back up I I don't really have a lot of reason to be there unless I happen to get a job there I am trying to get a job there so yeah. At this point, I'm trying to get a job there and a job. I'm applying to jobs there and I'm applying to jobs in Wichita. And so it's going to kind of like wherever I end up getting a job is where I'm going to stay until comedy comes back in Denver. <laughs> yeah. I have people here. My kids are here, but they're grown. Yeah. Cool. How old are your kids? They are seven and eight. Oh, fun. Yeah, I had them back to back so that, you know, I could get all the diapers out of the way at once, you know? Yeah, mine are now 23, 21, 19, and 18. So, yeah, I did that. Uh But I always have to do like extra, you know? I've never been, Mm -hmm. I got to go the extra 20 miles. (laughs) Yeah. 
I almost wish I had some small kids to take care of right now. They're so time consuming. Um, just feeding them and cleaning up from feeding them three times, four times a day with snacks and stuff. That takes up yeah. so much time, you know, plus yeah. the laundry. <laughs> That's most of my day, really. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just, just feeding them and then cleaning up from feeding them takes hours every day. And, and then yelling at them to stop fighting. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. The fighting. Do you have a yard or anything at least? You can. Yeah, we've got a huge yard, so they they go out there to fight eventually. Yeah. <laughs> my, my daughters used to fight in like an annoying way because they just bicker. Because my older two are girls and my younger two are boys, but the boys would just let it build and it would build uh -huh. and then they would just beat each other up every once in a while and it was over. Yeah. Mine, well, mine, they're like beating each other up for fun, you know? Like, they're in the practice of their fake ninja skills phase. Uh, but then one of them really hurts the other, and then the, then it becomes a revenge game. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's how a lot of fights start. Uh, yeah. They're not into wrestling, are they? Like, WWE? No, not really. That's when you well, start one really of them just, each other. Yeah. <laughs> they they've watched it a few times but they they're not that into it <laughs> good that's good for you that's uh a way to get broken bones my brother broke his collarbone uh wrestling my cousin and him made a wrestling dummy out of like one of my dad's old like snowsuit things he used for construction and gloves and like uh -huh. boots and it had like the head was like a stuffed animal dog and but they used to wrestle it and like jump off of the porch and land on it and stuff and my brother broke his collarbone um oh. when he was in like eighth grade or something mm -hmm. and then my friend Ty <laughs> just told me a story the other day about how he was really into wrestling I mean he was like 19 or 20 he was not a child and he yeah drunkenly jumped off of a gazebo to uh <laughs> he was supposed to land next to a table or something and his friend was going to roll off the table and he landed on like half on the table and half off like a picnic table mm, wow you're lucky they're not just into ninja that they're not into <laughs> slamming each other and power driving and whatever and whatnot um yeah it could be worse. It can always be worse. That's what my mom likes to say. <laughs> yeah. Grateful. It's, there's people out there that have it way worse than you. <laughs> yeah. Like, Someday I'll have it the worst and then I'll win. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, fuck those people. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make it any less sucky for me. Um, yeah. But... So how long have you been doing comedy? Um, I started um, when I was uh, 23. Um, it, it was like uh, 2003. I started out doing uh, poetry. Um, I, was, uh, I was in treatment for social anxiety disorder and uh, a little bit of PTSD in there. And so, uh, you know, I'd been a performer before, 
in high school. And so my therapist told me I need to go and perform again. And um, so I went and I did uh, humorous poems first. And then eventually I kept uh, writing poems and I'd make up jokes between the poems until I had enough to do like five minutes of comedy. I guess my first joke I ever did at a comedy open mic though was just only like a 30 second joke, but it totally killed it. <laughs> and people were like, you need to write more. So then, uh, then I just got into that. Um, I kind of performed both of them through my twenties until um, I got pregnant. <laughs> yeah. And my last performance was literally like, my baby was a week overdue, my first son. And uh, then I've just taken a break until just this September, I came back into it. And uh, it's a lot of fun. I find it's easier to write now, I feel, you know. Kids are an amazing source of material. Yeah, and yeah, for sure. And they, uh, it's very relatable to people and kid jokes are great. I have, I'd say half my super solid material is about my children. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Still not clean though, because they're teens. <laughs> jokes are about them yeah. are teens, so there's like them looking at porn and stuff in there. So it's still unfortunately not clean. Yeah. Because I'd like it. Um, Man, just got back in September, and now you gotta wait. Yeah, back to what my life was before, just staying at home with the kids all over again. Yeah, <laughs> the universe is like, <laughs> told me I was having too much fun. I needed to just go back to what I was doing. <laughs> yeah, well, uh, my kids are grown, so I can't, I can't really even do that. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I, I had built this whole new life with comedy in Denver and now it's all, I have to figure out what I'm going to do with myself until then, um, mm -hmm. focus on the nonprofit and like getting it ready to go. So as soon as I can, I can get at it again. Um, <clears throat> but I mean, it's interesting to talk to you for sure because your therapist actually suggested you go try to get back into performing, um, which really goes to the heart of everything I'm trying to do here with Art of Comedy to help. I don't know if you uh, are familiar with exactly what the nonprofit's trying to do. Um, we want to uh, pay for classes for people to go to learn comedy and improv, if that's more their um, cup of tea. Um, for women in the LGBTQ community and then and also we want to work with troubled youth um, try to catch them early um, so what makes um, what makes doing stand-up such a good therapeutic activity for you well um, you know I get to uh, reveal my shadow self I guess you know um, like uh, I can I can say the things I wouldn't normally say in real life. <laughs> um, also, you know, you uh, it's an easy way to make friends. Like when I first started 
with the poetry, I didn't really have a good network of friends, but I could go up and perform poetry and, and then eventually comedy and people would just immediately come up to me afterwards and want to talk to me about what I had performed. So it was a great way to get me past uh, some of my social issues of talking to people I didn't know because um, people would approach me. Um, but now, you know, that's just, you know, fun to socialize with the other people there, you know. Uh, performing, though, I just, I really like to make other people happy, I guess. I like to surprise them with my perspective and, you know, lighten the the heaviness of reality for a minute. Yeah. Yeah, it lightens theirs and yours, you know, so it really is twofold. Um, mm -hmm. I found that it just makes you look at life differently overall, you know, um, not necessarily more positively, but uh, just to be able to find the humor in bad things. Um, so you're looking at mm -hmm. things from a different perspective, for sure. Mm -hmm. Was helpful for me. And it feels good to make a, make a joke out of something terrible that happened. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of changes it into something better. Yeah. Um, especially if that material works and people laugh with you. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh-huh. Hopefully they do that. <laughs> yeah. It's hard to get people to laugh at dark things, um, especially when they know you're, it, it did happen to you and you're discussing it. But it's like, if I can laugh at it, you got to give them permission to laugh, you know? <laughs> it's okay. Uh -huh. You can laugh at it. I am. <laughs> you know? so. yeah. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I can get kind of heavy. It's hard. I don't really have a lot of material about that, about it. But even if you don't end up writing material, or if you write the material and don't use it, it's still, it's still effective just being able to write it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Because I don't really journal or anything. I know you're supposed to journal, and that's one thing therapists always tell you to do is journal, but I don't really journal. But if you want to know what's going into my going on in my life, just come to an open mic, because you're going to hear. Yeah. You're going to hear mm -hmm. what happened that day, most likely, or that week, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um. I, I used to journal pretty often, and, uh, I found, you know, I don't really journal so much anymore unless something big happens, but I used to do it every day. And you can go back and look at these patterns and realize how long you've been a dumbass your entire life. Yeah. <laughs> but I do that in comedy. That's, that's, yeah, my comedy for sure lets me do that. And it does get me to, especially when it comes to my romantic relationships, because a lot of my comedy is about my romantic relationships. Um, yeah, to get me to realize the patterns I've I've had in dating that probably were really obvious to everyone else already. Because um, mm -hmm. if you don't, yeah, if you don't recognize the problem and see it clearly, you can't really fix it or change it or figure out why you have that behavior. Yeah. Yeah, you might, like, you might not have realized you were wrong in the moment, but then you read your journal, like, 
six years later, you're like, oh, I was wrong. <laughs> I should have done this differently, you know? Yeah, I, I do that with my comedy. I just, I don't use all my material. Yes. I write it down, but I don't use all of it. But it, it, it is a way for me to, it's basically like journaling when I write material. Mm-hmm. I, I've tried to journal over the years, um, but I got annoyed with myself because my journals were all about boys or, you know, like I didn't write about any other crap. And I was like, this is annoying. So I just stopped journaling. Mm -hmm. Of course, now most of my material is about relationships, but um, that's just it's easier to get people to understand those situations. <laughs> yeah. Re relationships have a lot of room for humor too, because something about it just makes us, you know, silly. <laughs> yeah. Just naturally. Yeah. Cause I, I think of really funny things when I'm angry after it's over, I haven't really gotten very good at writing anything good while we're together and happy. Mm-hmm. So that's it's very I, telling. <laughs> I see comedians doing it that are in happy relationships. Um but when I'm happy I can't even think of any I don't know. People the happy stuff just isn't that funny, you know? It's just mm -hmm. it's really not. I've tried yeah. to make happy things funny and it's just not as funny. Mm-hmm. I mean, who wants to yeah, go on for an hour about how happy you are? No one. <laughs> yeah. Most people be too jealous. <laughs> yeah. We, we're a society of like emotional voyeurs, you know? Um, emotional voyeurism is a thing. And um, that's why we have shows like Intervention and um, Porters Nothing makes you feel better about your the cleanliness of your house, like watching hoarders. Yeah. You're like, my it also makes... Bad. <laughs> yeah. It does make me horrified that I will get that bad, though. <laughs> then I try and, like, uh, you know, clean it all out. Then I watch all the Marie Kondo ones. <laughs> oh, uh. and that lady has some patience. She's so nice. Uh I would be mm -hmm. like a total, I'm like a drill sergeant. Like the friend I'm staying with was like, I need you to help me, you know, stay on task, like with doing dishes and stuff. I was like, you don't, you don't want that. Cause <laughs> I only ask once <laughs> and then I'm telling you to do it. I don't, I'm not like, Maybe you think you, mm -hmm. you like doing the dishes now, you think? I'm just like, go do the dishes. Get up off your lazy ass and get in the kitchen and do your dishes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not. <laughs> I, I understand. I'm sure by the time my kids are like 23, I'll be the exact same way. Because <laughs> why, why do I have to ask three times? Come on. <laughs> you know, um... Are you a single mom? Uh, no, I'm uh, married right now. Okay, right <laughs> now. I love that. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know how if it would have been different if I had a partner that was really co-parenting with me in a way where we were united front and I had some help um, with uh -huh. that situation because I like my younger two I raised pretty much on my own. I mean, I had boyfriends, but not their father, not another parent. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I had, you know, they anybody I was with was more of a financial help most of the time than anything, but they didn't really, and they were specifically mm -hmm. told not to be their parent because they weren't their parents. So it's, you know, I set it up. Oh. They, they were older. They weren't like babies or anything. Um, yeah. yeah, that's different. Yeah. I was like, I'll just deal with the kids. Okay. Because then you have to deal with the kids and the partner's relationship. with the kids. It was just a pain in the ass. I was like, I got the children. Um, but yeah, was, I, I totally see that. Yeah. If they were little, I don't know. It depended on it. It would depend on the partner. I just didn't want to have those fights with anybody about my parenting techniques if their parenting techniques did not uh -huh. match up. Yeah, <laughs> had a different idea of what I should do with my kids. I didn't want to hear it from them. <laughs> yeah, totally. That that's an important thing for me to consider as I proceed into the future. I suppose. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it just depends on the partner, I guess. That was just mm -hmm. the dynamic I had with my relationships. Of course, they were all terrible. So yeah. it uh, if I'd have been with a decent person, I don't know. Who knows? That's just how I handled yeah. it. My point was being that uh, I just kind of gave up at the end. Um, when they were teenagers, like the last couple years, I just really, I just picked my battles, you know? Um <laughs> I just gave up on, um, like I would just like doing dishes and stuff like that. I, but we weren't mm -hmm. like cooking meals together by that point. They all had their own lives. Um, they were like really shitty roommates by the time they were 17, 18. Um, yeah. my youngest is a senior and I left to Denver you know, a year earlier than I didn't, I was going to wait for them to graduate and I just couldn't wait to get out of here. Um, and so, you know, they're with their dad now, which is fine. It's his turn. He can finish them out. I did the rest of it. Um, yeah. but they're, uh, what was my point? <sighs> my brain's mush today. I, I used all my brain power in a phone interview for a job I really want in Denver. <laughs> so my brain's mush. Um, I hope you can. Me too. It's at National Renewable Energy Lab. Um, yeah, so they're doing. That'd be cool. Do you know who they are? The, I just like the name of it. I don't really know who they are, but I can tell by the name. And it'd be an awesome job. And it's not one of those secret names that they're trying to sound good, but they're not like like the right uh -huh. to work. You know, the right to it's a right to work state that makes you that makes it sound like it's on the employee's side, but it's not. <laughs> that just means yeah. anti-union state. Um, but no, they're yeah, that's what they're doing. They're just trying to um, develop new ways to have renewable energy, so that we're not relying on fossil fuels and um it's really hard to find an accounting job at a organization that you actually care about the work they're doing you know um yeah yeah because you just feel like 
like my last accounting job, I worked at a high-end jewelry store. That's what they, they sold Rolexes and shit. And it just goes so against my personal motivations and beliefs in life. I had no motivation for that job. I don't care about $750,000 watches. I think they're stupid and ridiculous. It's yeah. Not isn't an unnecessary thing they're providing. It's a damaging thing. If you ask me money and just the heart of capitalism, you know, just, mm-hmm. I'm going to cut this part out. I don't want to go. I can't literally, I can't go on a political rant and post it and associate it with my nonprofit, like by law. That's how. Um, yeah. So, but um, I can be, if I can support renewable energy, that is not a political thing. <laughs> uh-huh. But yeah, so hopefully I get that. But um, anyway, my kids, I gave up at the end. Um, it's just, I tried. I tried their whole lives to do chore charts and um, positive reinforcement and all the fucking things mm-hmm. that they suggest. And my kids just were not motivated by it. It's, it's really about, you know, figuring out a way to motivate your workers. <laughs> yeah. I I was never motivated by that either. So, you know, I think they have to hit that point where they have their place of their own to start actually caring, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I didn't even like, I stopped caring about, not caring, obviously I cared about their grades. Uh-huh. But at a certain point, I was like, look, like I like middle school, like my youngest, I, a teacher was just ex- exasperated by me. She just mm-hmm. was speechless. She couldn't under, she, I don't think she'd ever been told this by a parent in this modern age. They, she was like, well, he, I give him chance after chance to do his homework and he's not turning it in. And I was like, why are you giving him three or four chances? You have a deadline, right? You have clear, I've seen your syllabus, uh-huh. you have a clear deadline. If he doesn't bring it in by the deadline, give him a zero. She's like, if I did that, he'd be failing. And I was like, well, then fail him. You know, she's like, well, yeah. he fail his whole, he might get held back a year. You know, I was like, well, then hold him back a year. Like, yeah, uh, I can't drag that's... my kid through life. Uh-huh. At some point, yeah, that's self-motivated. Uh-huh. I think that's, that's reasonable, you know, because, you know, there has to be consequences. They're just pushing them through. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I'm glad that I don't have to teach actual subjects like that. You know, I, I considered becoming a real elementary or middle school teacher. Um, but you know, ultimately once I started doing the after school teaching stuff, I was like, that would suck. You know, I like being the fun teacher, you know? Yeah. And like not grading them and just, letting us all like work on something together, you know? So that's really how art should be even in school. Um, (coughs) Grading them on it. Most of my art teachers were super cool. Yeah. And they just, as long as you were trying and they knew you were trying, (coughs) they graded Mm -hmm. easily. Do you have, so you teach art, so you have other artistic abilities besides poetry and stand-up? Yeah, 
I just do kind of a basic drawing class um, that's meant for kids uh, from first grade through sixth grade. So I'm not like a super great artist or anything. I, I can do some acrylic painting um, and I can draw, you know, nice cartoons. Um, but I'm not really the best. I love doing it though. You know, I've thought about trying to illustrate a children's book. Um, I might try that someday if I write one. Now's <laughs> the time. Yeah. I think I knew somebody that, yeah, there's, there's, I know lots of people that can write children's books, but they can't do the illustrations. Excuse me. Uh, uh -huh. Not me. It would be a, it, I could write an adult children's book. <coughs> yeah. Which are a thing now. Yeah. That's, there's a good market for those. <laughs> um, I have no other abilities. You basically described how I feel about me in stand-up. It's like, I'm not the best, but I really love it. You know? <laughs> I'm, I'm good enough to get on shows and be, you know, respected, mm -hmm. if nothing else, for my work ethic. And I try to be nice. I try not to be an asshole. Um, I try. <laughs> not always work, but um, people can tell. You know, I'm making an effort to not be an asshole, and uh, I just love it. I love comedy, and I miss it so much. I just miss it. Yeah, me too. My mom was but... like, "But is comedy worth dying for?" I mean, really. And I was like, "Let me explain it to you like this, mom." Okay, like. Cause my dad and her were met in high school. They were always in love. They were together forever. They had like the thing everybody's freaking looking for, right? They got it. They had it until the end. Great for them. But anyway, so <laughs> imagine when you were first married to dad, you were at the peak of your love and, and you where you were in that period where you like couldn't live without him. Right. And, um, no kids, just you two. And, uh, you were told, that if you uh, were in physical contact with him, that one of you might maybe, we are not sure, get sick. Maybe. You could get sick. You could get sick and just be fine, or you could get sick and die. We don't know. You know, maybe. Who knows? And would you just voluntarily stay apart from them for a year and not be in contact with them at all? Would you be able to do that? because maybe you might get a disease that might maybe kill you. You know, she's like, no, absolutely not. I'm like, exactly. That's what's mm -hmm. happening with me in comedy right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's beautiful. Really? <laughs> yeah. I, I think when, when the clubs start opening back up, then I think it's going to be like, a little miniature renaissance though you know because we're just gonna have all the pent-up you know feelings you know ready to yes ready to bust out doing on our jokes at first I was like it's gonna suck because there's gonna be so many freaking divorces because I don't know like I started comedy in a like a lowest point of my life situation 
And doing these interviews, I've found that that is true for the bulk of the comedians I've talked to so far. Like, they're like, I had a breakup, my mom died. You know, I was just, I needed something to feel alive again. And, um, and so there's a lot of people getting to that point right now because, you know, there's going to be so many divorces because people are fine yeah. to be with their spouse and are like, wait a minute, now that I'm not distracted by work, uh, I don't like you. <laughs> yep, yep, definitely. A lot of that will be happening in the future. They're losing their jobs and their financial situation. It's just, it's just a, it's just the perfect storm for creating some new comedians, which is good and bad. Yeah, that's true. Hmm. I love new comedians, so it's kind of my thing, and I know many people don't. It's just like I love spreadsheets and I love reconciling bank statements, you know. Um, but I love new comedians because of their energy. They just love, you know, they're still excited and they love comedy. And I, I'm excited to see that resurgence for people that are already doing comedy. And it's going to be great for this nonprofit because that's going to be, there's going to be people out there that want to do comedy, but they can't because they, they really want to start in a class, which everyone has their own path. People like to talk trash on classes, but I've seen the benefit of people that come out of classes. Um, as far as yeah. the business part of it. Mm -hmm. So I think That's it's going to be so fun. Everyone's going to be so excited. I'm going to go wherever the first state opens where they're allowing people to have, I'm going to go there. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Cool. I guess Missouri technically could, but I don't know if any venues actually will, but, uh, Missouri's going to allow gatherings of any size when every county lets up its its shutdown period, which is kind of scary. Kind of like, maybe we shouldn't do it anyway. Maybe we should keep waiting. <laughs> you know? but, it doesn't feel like it's been enough time. Uh, it really doesn't. It's been two months. Top. Not even two months. One month. Since they yeah. shut down. Uh-huh. I guess... It's like a month and a half-ish over here. Yeah, we don't know anything more than we knew six weeks ago, really. Mm -hmm. Not enough. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, we still need to take our time and, like, go go slow. I'm the Stay most impatient person in the world being kept from the love of their life. And I am not like, let's open everything back up. Mm -hmm. uh -huh. I want to be like that. If it were just be about being a risk to me, I would totally be like, let's just open back up. But the fact yeah. that I can have it and can give it to somebody else and, you know, just the, yeah, I don't want to be part of that chain. Yeah. I, I was getting ready to start a brave new phase of my life before all this happened. And, uh, <laughs> I even had like a new job lined up that's probably totally gone. <laughs> and it's and so it's all on hold for me too. So I have found that like everything was going really well for a lot of people. Yeah. It was like, like me, I was getting booked on. I've never, I got booked on two out of town shows, one in new Orleans and one in Atlanta that I, I've never been to those places. And I was going to headline one and feature one and actually get paid. Um, mm. and I was going to be able, because of where all those are, I could actually dip in and hit, I was going to be able to hit like four or five States 
um, in like two weeks. And then, yeah, I was starting to produce shows in Denver. I just got my, you know, I've been there since June, but it took so much longer to get a job and find a place and get settled to where I felt like I could take on the responsibility of producing and Mm-hmm. Yeah, now it's just like, wait here. Yeah, just because we open up doesn't mean that we're going to be able to get crowds for, you know, people to come in. Not in Denver, anyway. Um, in, in Missouri, people are pretty cavalier. They A lot of people don't care. Um, like, in Platte City, you know, it's north of Kansas City. I went to the grocery store and I would say 15% of the people had face masks on. And that was a significant improvement from when I went there like three weeks ago. Like the workers? It was probably, uh, the workers were not wearing face masks, but yeah. all the elderly people were wearing face masks. And then a few, you know, ladies about my age, but it was only about 15% of us. And last time it was probably only like 2% of people wearing them so it's slowly catching on yeah I you know I've been in Denver and um I don't wear a mask because I can't have anything over my face and nose like pressing on it um there's some masks I thought because they kind of bulge out a little maybe would it yeah yeah um but I have not been wearing a mask but I have been um, not going out and going into stores. I've been trying to keep it to every 14 days. So if I do go out and catch something, you know, the, I have time. Um, and I am in and out. I do not lally, galley. I don't browse around. I know what I'm getting. I get in, I get out. I keep my head down. I was like, I must look like I have autism or something when I'm walking through the grocery store now because I keep my head down and I won't look like up at everybody. And I'm just, my, uh-huh. I'm trying not to breathe on anyone. That's, <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Here we go. I can. <laughs> um, but I am not wearing a mask. Um, and I try to like go at times when it's not busy and I can, I'll look down an aisle, and if I see anyone on that aisle, I'm like, I'll come back. <laughs> that aisle's taken. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, so I've been doing that, but I do not wear a mask. Um, yeah. That's cool. I, I'm really worried, so I've been oh, wearing masks. workers are wearing masks in Denver, though, and I came here, and I stopped for gas in Park City, Kansas, which is like basically like Lakewood to Denver. You know what I mean? It's like, it's the same city. Mm-hmm. Um, but the quick trip there, they were not, the guy was not wearing a mask or gloves. Um, nobody in there was wearing a mask or gloves. Nobody pumping gas was wearing them. Like there was no mask. You would not know that there was a pandemic. You'd have no idea. Yeah. Uh, there was no sign of it there. And I was like, holy shit, Kansas is screwed. Um, <laughs> that was my first thought. And then, um, yeah, and a couple places I went in uh, at a bank, the teller was handling cash, no gloves. Um, she wasn't a young woman. No, old people, elderly people, no protection. And, um, but then we went to some other place, like we went to Walmart and all the Walmart, the Walmart has everything 
like it does in Denver. Everyone's wearing a mask and gloves that works there. They have the barriers. Um, uh-huh. But yeah, these little gas, I mean, I can't, I couldn't believe that Quick Trip wasn't. Quick Trip's headed in Oklahoma, though, so I don't know. Hmm. It makes me wonder That's, about yeah. the politics of Quick Trip. Yeah. No protection. Yeah. All the quick trips in Missouri are the same, you know, no mask or anything. They, and people, the customers are kind of keeping their space, but not everybody, you know. Yeah, there weren't a lot of people in there. And I, like I said, I got in and got out. Um, I only went in because I needed to get coffee and milk because my friend did not have any. And I needed it for the morning. Yeah. The only reason I went in was coffee, one of my addictions. Mm-hmm. What time? Yeah. Yeah, but I might use, like, all, like, I have two podcasts. I don't know if you saw that. I have Fat Lonely Bitch and Art of Comedy. And Art of Comedy, I'm editing really, like, I mean, I don't mind cussing or whatever, but, you know, I'm trying to keep, like, it on topic and stuff mm-hmm. and then the rest if it was an interesting conversation to me i'm posting on fat lonely bitch so but unedited mm-hmm. just okay if it's okay with you i found this to be an interesting conversation we talked about parenting and you know mm-hmm. all sorts yeah of yeah sounds good so i'll probably throw the rest of it up on there first and then yeah because the art of comedy podcast is more more about like getting um content out there about my and i've made some really cool connections with people that i had uh talents and skills that i was not aware of you know that can help Mm -hmm. like my friend uh was a troubled youth and improv helped her and i was like oh wow i wasn't even planning on that information so Yours was very good because you like your therapist was like, go perform. That's huge. It's just validating yeah. my theory. I have a theory. That's kind of what these interviews are about too. I have theories about how I know comedy helped me um, mm-hmm. and, and stuff. And so just to talk to other people about um, it, especially women or queer people about how it's helped them is, has been really good. Cause I'm like, ha, I was right. <laughs> yeah <laughs> even people that didn't have trauma are terrible things they're all, they 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 know the value of it so i'm excited yeah it also makes me feel better keeps me mm-hmm. excited about comedy keeps me keeps me in love with comedy to talk about comedy so yeah it's been a good conversation and i will We'll let you go. Are you on the festival? Uh, no. I, uh, I don't think I can make it. Yeah, I know with the kids and stuff. Okay. Well, because I, I haven't sent out the email yet, but I'm canceling it, so. Which. Oh, darn. You know, I, I, I really knew that was probably what was going to happen, but I was trying so hard to not do it. But I don't know if they've officially yeah. announced it yet, but the plan for the Denver is to from June 1st to Labor Day, it's gonna be, if you're, it's gonna be like 50 people max. Um, and uh-huh. then 
but we don't even know if they're going to open up bars and restaurants for in, you know, dining in. If that just means 50 people at like a wedding or, you know what I mean? It's comedy shut down at least for the summer. And then we're supposed to have a resurgence in fall. So I'm just going to accept that comedy's over for the rest of 2020 in Denver anyway. Um, Yeah. And if it opens up earlier and we get it, that'll be great. But at least I have to be mentally prepared for the worst case scenario. Yeah. Well, next year I I want to try and do the festival. I think my life will be in a good place for it next year. So yeah, there's like four days, and comedians always like who knows what anyone's life's going to be like next year. That there, you know, there's sixty comedians. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'll, uh, you'll see it whenever time comes, it'll probably, normally it's in like January is when Mm -hmm. we start pushing signups, but I may just, um, it depends on how many people I'll probably just be sending out personal invitations to comedians and I'll use my podcast list, uh, a lot of the comedians were already on the festival. That's how they scheduled the interview is because they, I emailed them, but, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be inviting anybody I interviewed on here for sure. So. All right, cool. All right. I will talk to you later and hopefully someday meet you in person and come do comedy. I'm not that far from you right now. So if Kansas city opens up, I might be in your neck of the woods. <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Not right this Yeah. Time. I would still work. All right. All right. Talk to you later. Well, yeah. Yeah, take care. Bye. Bye.